0: And you will push yours. okay, doke. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. My next guest I recently met at the Plantrition Conference. If you have not gone, it's next September. It is one of the best plant-based, one of the best conferences period. You meet amazing people and have amazing food for like four or five days. And she's going to be talking about some plant-powered healing, some real-life success stories. Please welcome her to the show, Dr. Elise Atkins. It's so nice to see you again.
1: Thank you so much, Chef AJ. So nice to see you again, too. And it was great to meet you in person that first time at the Plant-Based Nutrition Healthcare Conference. Um, It's a medical conference I love so much. I attend every year since 2019. I just can't miss it. I get so much out of it every time, including your fabulous workshop. So thank you.
0: So, oh, that was real. Oh, I love my workshop. Yeah. It was. I,
1: <laughs> me that too. was the,
0: that was the highlight for me because that was so fun. What, what What do you remember as some of the highlights from the conference?
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, your workshop, of course, um, I did notice that at the conference this year, they started to bring in, um, in addition to the usual fabulous evidence-based nutrition information that they always have, they really started to focus on connection and community. And I thought, gosh, we are really at a time in this country and in this world that we have to start thinking about the power of um our relationships with one another and how that affects our health. And I thought that that was a really, really nice additional focus this year.
0: Yeah. Did you enjoy the food there?
1: So much. Yes. It's so relaxing to actually be traveling and to not feel like I'm making so many different choices and putting so much thought into it. Rather, I'm just fed in the manner that makes me feel most joyous and most healthy.
0: Yeah, that was so fun. I bet you met a lot of great new people just like I did.
1: So many great new people. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, nice. And where do you live?
1: I'm in Santa Cruz, California. I've been here for the past 20 years and I have no complaints about it.
0: That's funny. You know, it's so funny. I was reading your bio before I put it into the show notes. So, everything is hello. And, you know, one of your specialties, it looks like you're triple board certified in internal Mm -hmm. medicine, lifestyle medicine, obesity medicine, but your name is Dr. Atkins. That's so funny. I was
1: going to, I was wondering if you and I should communicate about that beforehand. I sort of have this running joke in my head where I think, gosh, should I change my name to, Dr. Elise, whole food, plant-based nutrition, would that be better? Because maybe I shouldn't be Dr. Atkins.
0: No, I just, I just, know, <laughs> you,
1: know, you know, I
0: know you're not the doc. you know, the totally. other.
1: Totally. But sometimes I, uh, I, I go by Dr. Elise and then I think, well, I love my last name, of course, because it relates me to my husband and my entire extended beautiful family. Um, but, but also that association can be challenging.
0: Uh, that's it. I just thought it was just a funny little uh, cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: you know?
0: Nice. So when did you I'm you know I'm interested in also of your lifestyle medicine journey as a physician, but I'm also interested in your personal journey. when I love to know people's plant-based story because everybody that is has one and when, why, and how. Okay, okay. Well, let's see. I think I will start back. I'll just share a little bit, just
1: just one tiny piece of my medical history. Some time ago, maybe it was six or seven years ago now, I was diagnosed with pre-diabetes. So that didn't necessarily upset my clinicians very, very much. I I had a hemoglobin A1C of 5.7, which is just a little bit into the pre-diabetic range. Um, However, I felt sort of concerned about it because I was in my 40s at that time. And I thought, well, with about a 4% risk a year of anybody with prediabetes developing diabetes, certainly by my 50s or 60s, or for sure by my 70s, I would have outright diabetes. That was worrisome to me. On top of that, I, I honestly felt a little defensive about it because I wasn't overweight. I exercised every day. I really loved how I ate all or organic free range included a vegetable on my plate every day so I was concerned but I couldn't through all the research I did at that time find any way to treat it or anybody really who could even give me ideas on how to address it I just kept getting like congratulations you're, you it seems like you're doing everything right so let me segue from there into then the event that ultimately started what what would be my both my personal and my professional journey. Um, I, you know what? Uh, This was just one week before Thanksgiving in 2018 on a Thursday night. So I'm gonna say it's exactly, exactly five years ago today that I kind of stumbled upon a lecture that was uh, given by some colleagues of mine. And it was all about whole food plant-based nutrition. And I have to say that I wasn't sort of either moving in that direction or or really had any interest in it at all, but I I just something else I had for the night got canceled. So I went and joined them. When I did, I just sat there for two hours, listened to the three of them go through their presentation and present me with the most astounding, convincing medical evidence that I had ever seen that changing your diet in this way could both optimize weight, health, longevity, chronic disease management and reversal, I almost couldn't believe what I was hearing. But I decided to believe it. And so I went home that night and uh, sat down on the couch with my husband, made him listen to me for a full two hours. And to his credit, he, he did exactly that. And the two of us right then and there decided that we would change our lives and be whole food plant based eaters and see what it did for us. And that is exactly what we did.
0: That sounds great. And so your, your yeah. whole family's on board.
1: Yeah. So at the time, my two children had already moved out to college. And, and I have to say that that made the transition a little easier on us because it was a matter just for my husband and I to, to decide. Since then, um, one of my children has gone really completely whole food plant-based and the other has become vegetarian and is much more attentive to how she uses food to nourish her. So I, I do love that the change um, ended up uh, affecting the whole family. But once we made that change, um, <clears throat> both my husband and I saw amazing changes in our own health. Um, some other issues I had where I had irritable bowel syndrome that sometimes put me in such painful spasms that I would be doubled over and had to even delay seeing patients who were in my office. And that was a really uncomfortable position to be. Um, I also had asthma and chronic bronchitis that had me coughing for maybe 6, 8, 12 weeks after every time I had an upper respiratory infection, which was often. So once we made the transition, all of these things resolved or nearly resolved. Um, I no longer have pre-diabetes. My irritable bowel syndrome is like Five percent of the symptoms it used to be, and I hardly ever get an upper respiratory infection, and I practically never get a um, a lasting cough anymore, which is fantastic. Once that started happening, then I thought, oh my god, I have to share share this this um, kind of power or magic with my patients. That's when I started digging in really deep. Started going to the Plantrition conferences, got my Lifestyle Medicine board certification, learned from T Colin Campbell in the plant-based nutrition course, Um, and I started practicing this on my patients. And I saw them experience the same kind of benefits that I experienced, and that included uh, reversing things like blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, arthritis. Um, And it wasn't long before I had my colleague physicians uh, referring their patients to me so I could help them as well. And that was just such a joy to see that as the years passed, I came to realize that I just had to devote every bit of my professional life to helping people in this way.
0: That's so great. You seem very, very inspired and passionate about it.
1: I feel inspired and, and, and passionate and just uh, very, very, very privileged to have this information and to be given the opportunity to share it.
0: You ever wish you learned it sooner? Like maybe in. medical Oh my school? God. Oh <laughs> my
1: God. <laughs> you mean, instead of learning uh, the exact opposite of it and that there is no way to reverse chronic disease and you can never take the diagnosis of diabetes off the patient's chart. Yes, I do wish that. Um, but part of my joy now is actually to connect with Younger people who have the opportunity not just to make changes, perhaps decades in their life earlier than I did, but also to share it in their uh, professions, especially if they're going to be medical professionals of any type. I feel like that's very, very valuable
0: and meaningful. Nice. Do you have a community where you live in Santa Santa Cruz of either other plant-based physicians or friends? What's the scene like there? I know that John Robbins lives not too far from you. He,
1: he does, actually. Yes, yes. And I did uh, have the opportunity to meet him at the Plant-Based Nutrition Healthcare Conference. That was a delight. I do have... Um, uh, a few colleagues in town who also practice plant-based medicine. Um, I'm not part of a formal community, but um, there are some, some organizations. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a Veg Fest sponsored in the spring, which, which of course I'll want to participate in if I have that opportunity. And there are all sorts of food options, uh, which is true throughout all of California. And that's really great
0: nice it's so pretty where you live how, yeah. how do your patients find you
1: how do they find me okay good question um well because I practiced here in this community for almost two decades before I started my own practice um <clears throat> many of my many of my former patients find me because they kind of know who I am um and similarly colleagues that I've established relationships with uh over the years have, have also um blessed me with their trust and referred their patients to me. But anybody who does want to find me can simply look me up on coastalvitalitymd.com, of course. Um, yeah, we'll have that and show notes sure. <laughs> yeah, I have a website that shares a little bit about my practice and my philosophy. And I, I do offer introductory consultations to people who want to learn more about how I could help them uh, just so that we can we can talk a little bit first and help them uh, feel comfortable and inspired before we get started
0: nice that's great
1: yeah.
0: I love it did you want me to ask more questions now or you want to jump into the podcast <laughs> oh,
1: oh, um, okay. gosh I I feel ready to I feel ready to jump in
0: sounds yeah, good
1: I'll go ahead and do that wonderful okay so then let me share my screen
0: your, what are you drinking
1: <laughs> uh-huh. what? I'm I, 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 I'm drinking um I'm, I'm drinking some tea. Yeah. I'm drinking nice. some decaf tea. Okay. Great. So, Chef AJ, you can see the screen okay?
0: I can see it perfectly. Plant powered. Very
1: good. Plant powered help, <clears throat> help real life success stories. Yes. Okay. I really wanted to share these stories because um, while um, straightforward you know, knowledge and science is so incredibly important, sometimes it's the stories themselves that really wake us up and um, sort of inspire us to make our own changes. So there we go. Okay, I divided my stories into three segments disease reversal, um, weight loss and health and longevity. But I have to say that there's no clear divider between those and no matter what it is that you're aiming for in your own life and health, you're likely to benefit in all the other ways as well. So first off, let's go ahead and meet Betsy. Betsy is a very wonderful 68 year old woman She has a lifelong history of high cholesterol. For her, she has readings dating all the way back to college, which is a little bit unusual, Um, but we have a lot of data for her. So we're quite sure that she never had normal cholesterol. She also has a strong family of heart disease, which is very worrisome to her. And you know where those two things combined bring her is they make her feel skeptical that she could ever lower her cholesterol and reduce her risk of heart disease. She sort of has like a a fatalism that she brought to our initial conversation, like it is what it is. I've always had high cholesterol, and my family has heart disease, and that is that. Um, And I'd like to paint a picture that might show why we, uh, why for somebody like Betsy, we have more reason than we even do for 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 somebody with less um, stacked against them to make uh, diet changes, that will help. She did agree to eat a whole food plant-based diet for 25 days, even though, and she, she actually said this to me in writing afterwards, she didn't believe me at all that it would help. And actually she only agreed to do it for 21 days, the extra four days just happened because she couldn't get her blood work done initially as scheduled, so. Here are some of Betsy's results. Um, This first column here is each individual test on her cholesterol panel. Then the second column shows you the ranges of what's considered normal, and we'll talk about those in a minute. This next column shows her starting test results from April 6, 2021. That's not when she made her change, though. I didn't meet her until May 14th. Um, So she only started to make her changes that day or the next day, May 14th. And it was 25 days after that on June 8th that we have her final test results, which you'll see are not perfect. But um, I think that you will be able to appreciate the changes um, that she was able to make in just this very, very brief amount of time with only a very, very brief amount of education. Her total cholesterol going from 268 to 210 is down 22%. Her LDL, that's the bad cholesterol here, is down from 179, which is very worrisomely high, to 120, a very significant difference of 33%, which is about what you can expect from a statin. There is a slight bump up in her triglycerides from 134, to slightly over normal 161. That's actually not that uncommon as people begin their transition to a plant-based lifestyle. There are numerous reasons for that. It could be that they're still taking in too much alcohol or that they're eating more processed plant foods or they're not, that they're not getting the exercise they need. Um, in any case, that this is a whole much less dangerous cholesterol profile after her 25 days of diet change than beforehand. At the same time, she lost four pounds, which wasn't even where her focus was. That just kind of came off of her. And most importantly, she dramatically reduced her risk of a heart attack. Um, I'm gonna share a little bit of medical information here. You'll see that the range that's considered normal for total cholesterol is under 200, and most labs will put that Um, But the truth is that if we don't want to build plaque in our arteries, we're really aiming for a total cholesterol level of 150 or lower. That's no small feat to achieve that. So Betsy has a a little bit of a ways to go, um, but it is doable and it is more optimal. um, Because unfortunately, about half of the people who um, show up in the ER with a cardiac event actually have what's called a normal cholesterol. The other cholesterol component I wanna draw your attention to um, is this lab's notation that an LDL of under 130 is normal. Some labs will use under hundred and I would argue that that's an even safer level, but the safest of all is to aim for an LDL cholesterol of under 70, because we know at that point sort of in the 50 to 70 or lower range that we are not building plaque in the arteries. That said, anytime we get our cholesterol down, we're reducing the risk of not just heart attack and stroke, but also dementia, cancer, and diabetes, and things that we don't necessarily directly relate to cholesterol. So yay for Betsy. Now we're gonna meet Jose. He is a really fabulous younger man. Everything. Uh, Everything is uh, relative. So for me, 41-year-old man, I call him younger. He, uh, uh, when I first saw him, had a new diagnosis of diabetes. And at diagnosis, his hemoglobin A1c was 12.2. Anybody out there who has experience with diabetes is going to recognize that as a really, really uncontrolled value. Um, Just for reference, a normal hemoglobin A1c which measures a three-month average of your blood sugar, is up to 5.6. Once it's higher than that, we call it pre-diabetes until we get to 6.5. And beyond that, the higher it goes, the less in control your diabetes is. So 12.2 is quite poorly controlled diabetes at diagnosis. Not surprisingly, he also has fatty liver, a very, very uh, common diagnosis in the United States today. And that manifested as elevated liver enzymes on his blood work. We did confirm the fatty liver by doing an abdominal ultrasound and actually looking at his liver that way. <sighs> um. At that time, um, it was recommended that he start insulin. Now there are other medications that we might use instead, but it doesn't matter because in any case, he refused the insulin. He would sort of like humor me and sometimes agree to take other medications. However, he never did start them for one reason or another. So he ended up never on medication, but he did agree to move toward a whole food plant-based diet. So what are his results? Okay. Here um, in this column, we can see his ALT, that is a liver test that's not supposed to go over 60. And when he started, his was almost twice normal. Um, in just a few months, he got that down to 76, almost down to the normal range. Um, I, don't, I, I didn't um, have access to uh, later blood work when I was making this presentation, but those did very soon come down all the way to normal. His hemoglobin A1C, again, that's the three month average of your blood sugar and the main marker that we use to assess diabetes control was way out of the range of normal, all the way at 12.2, which is dangerous both on an immediate level and because of the long-term consequences that that would have if that were not controlled. So now without medication, he brought that down by over three points to 9.0 by the end of February. Very shortly after that, another six weeks later, he brought it down to 7.7 and his later blood work showed that he was in the sixes. Um, So it is possible to achieve total reversal uh, of diabetes. He brought his down um, into the pre-diabetic range and he was almost there just four months later, which is almost unheard of. Um, At the same time, he lost 14 pounds and that was within the uh, this four month period. So he was losing about a pound weekly, which is quite remarkable for somebody not focusing on weight loss. So again, this is part of what I mean by gosh, if we're gonna do disease reversal, there's gonna be weight loss if that's helpful for you. And of course he was experiencing more vitality. Um, one of his issues is that in his job, he wasn't allowed to take bathroom breaks. Um, And with very high sugar level, one of the immediate effects of that is you have to pee all of the time. And he had to take he had to sort of request so many special privileges at work that his job was at risk. It was very, very uncomfortable for him. So once he got his sugar under control, he could feel more secure about his ability to earn an income and go on with his life as he knew it. That was a great joy for him. Okay. I'm gonna now introduce you to uh, Daniel. Daniel is a 55 year old man. He had multiple diagnoses. His included high cholesterol, high blood pressure. He was overweight and he had osteoarthritis of the knees and the hands. Osteoarthritis is your typical kind of arthritis, wearing down of the joints. It's a degenerative disease. Um, It tends to happen more to us as we get older, but also carrying excess weight does increase the risk that you'll get it perhaps even at a younger age. And interestingly, um, we we definitely can clearly see the connection why having excess weight would would, um, worsen osteoarthritis of say the hips and the knees and the ankles because those are weight-bearing joints. But um, amazingly, with or without weight changes, when people change their nutrition habits and eat more anti-inflammatory foods, foods that promote blood flow uh, to to the joints, um, then uh, we find that osteoarthritis of the hands is reduced as well. And and, uh, that's really an amazing finding. So Daniel said, fine, I will try a whole food plant-based diet for six weeks. And I'm gonna show you some of the results that we saw in that time. And believe me, Daniel is still on the plant-based diet. Oh, also, he did start walking after his meals, um, very important, important for joint health and uh, sugar control and blood pressure, all of it. So here are Daniel's results. From July 14th of 2020 to August 27th of 2020, um, just six weeks' time, his total cholesterol went down from 218 to 140. That's 36%, just like in some of the other examples. We are right there in line with the statins, but of course, the side effects of changing your diet and adding other lifestyle habits are all positive. You don't need more doctor's visits. You don't need more tests. You don't have increased liver inflammation or muscle pain or fatigue or or anything. All the side effects just add to the positivity of what you've done. Remarkably, his triglycerides, another component of cholesterol, not as important as LDL, um, but still we'd like to keep it in line. His started at 704 six weeks later he was down to 94 this is an 87 percent drop this was very significant for him because when you have triglycerides that are this high we're talking not just about potential long-term consequences but in the very short run this can promote pancreatitis which is inflammation of the pancreas that's extremely painful and often requires hospitalization to treat Um, Plus, it can cause almost like sludging, thickening of the blood and increase the risk of blood clots, which are quite dangerous. His HDL, that's his good cholesterol, went up from 31 to a much safer level of 45. And his LDL, that's his bad cholesterol that couldn't even be calculated the first time because the triglycerides got in the way. But we know that it was 90 because it was measured directly by the lab. Um, went down to 76. So even though 90 meets the criteria of being normal, whether we use 130 as our LDL goal or 100 as our LDL goal, um, remember that the lower the LDL cholesterol, the better. So this drop from 90 to 76, which is a 16% drop is really significant to his health. What else is important with Daniel is that his blood pressure normalized. It became 120 over 70. His weight went down by 20 pounds, which is actually quite remarkable for six weeks. And this is the part he couldn't believe and the part that we didn't even really think about before he got started on this. But knee pain that he had had for over a decade totally resolved, as did his hand pain from his arthritis. So just another great, inspiring story for what these kind of lifestyle changes can do. Okay, now I'm going to transition and I'm going to share a weight loss story with you, although nothing fits in its silo. And you'll see that this patient we're going to talk about um, also had uh, remarkable health improvements as well. Her name is Jennifer. She's a, a favorite favorite. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Other people are my favorites too. I have a lot of favorites. She's a woman in her early 60s. She's diagnosed with obesity, pre-diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and obstructive sleep apnea. She was very, very concerned because her family history is that her dad had outright diabetes and her mom had outright heart disease and actually needed open heart surgery, often called a cabbage or a bypass. And with her obesity, prediabetes, blood pressure, cholesterol, and sleep apnea, it sure did seem like she was headed down that same path. She adopted a whole food plant-based diet. Um, And I also have her on weight loss medication. Here are some of her results. Her weight started all the way up here around 206. And now we see it down to about 156. So that's weight loss of 50 pounds. Um, now, something that we that we see with um, when people lose weight is that they tend to lose weight and keep it off for a little bit of time and then gain weight right back. However, in my experience with people who really have changed to a whole food plant-based diet, that weight loss, um, is much more persistent and and doesn't return. So I really have a a lot of hope for people who are able to make that change. Her percent body fat went down from 34 to 29, uh, which is almost normal. For a woman, normal percent body fat is between 18 and 28%. So she's just about there. And then her visceral fat uh, went down from a level of 14 to nine and nine is actually considered normal. Visceral fat is really important because that's the kind of fat that surrounds our organs and infiltrates our organs, usually in the abdominal area and sometimes even in the chest. Um, When it surrounds the kidneys, the kind of squeezes on them and the kidneys are not able to appropriately control our blood volume and our blood pressure like they're supposed to. Um, And when that fat infiltrates the pancreas and the liver, then they don't function as they're supposed to either. And then we have abnormal storage of additional fat and abnormal uh, glucose or sugar control. So visceral fat is very highly correlated with all the important cardiometabolic diseases and we're extra thrilled when we get that down. You can see that her hemoglobin A1C, which is creeping up towards diabetes, she had gotten up to six, came straight down to 5.2. So she lost a ton of weight. Her pre-diabetes was resolved. Her cholesterol was way down. And her blood pressure, which would involve episodes of going up to maybe um, somewhere between 180 to 200. I just summarized it as uh, 190 as the top number. That's called systolic um, over something like 90 as the bottom number, the diastolic number. This is really not a blood pressure that you want to live with in order to treat that right away. we put her on multiple medications as was appropriate, but over time um, I've had to just peel away those medications. So now she is only on the very, very low dose of medication, much less than she was on a year ago. And her very recent blood pressure was 102 over 65. So there might even be further medication reductions down the line. Most importantly, she feels great and she does no longer worries that she's headed in the same directions as her parents. Um, I want to share something else special about Jennifer. Um, And that is that She has a great family life and social life. She travels, she partakes in events with friends and she's discovered a few things. One is that when you travel, you really do have a lot of options if you just look for them. Um, It can be that you find uh, vegan or whole food plant-based meals at regular restaurants, Um, You can pick all of the vegetables and whole grains, beans uh, that you can off the menu of almost any restaurant, or you can look for special restaurants that accommodate so many different eating styles these days. Um, But when it comes to eating locally and sharing meals with friends, sort of two things happened. And one is that she finds that her friends have started to, um, you know, not just sort of like Tolerate that she's going to eat eat differently, but really welcome her and create meals that she's going to feel comfortable with it with. And at the same time, um, they're enhancing their own health when they enjoy a whole food plant based meal with her. Um, nonetheless, she always brings her own uh, delicious, wonderful, full meal to uh, when she is traveling to be a guest at someone else's house. And therefore she always knows that there's gonna be a dish with grains and beans and greens uh, that she loves to eat and can share with others. Okay, and I'm going to uh, share my final story here about health and longevity. Of course, it overlaps with all the other beneficial areas of health as well. So now we're gonna meet our I'll just say this is another favorite patient. Howard is an 83-year-old man who I took care of for many, many years in my primary care practice. He's honestly in in great health, that's the truth. He is actively engaged in taking care of his mind and body and he has been for decades. He's just always learning, always figuring out what else he can do to feel better and take better care of himself. At my recommendation a few years ago, he made some additional changes. One was that he quit smoking cigars. That's kind of a no-brainer because even though cigar smoking, you know, maybe you don't you don't get quite the exposure as you do from smoking a pack or two of cigarettes a day. Still, the right amount to smoke is none. So he went ahead and just just quit. The other thing is that I must have said to him. Um, Howard, it would probably be good if you lost about five pounds. I'm a little bit embarrassed about that now because now that I uh, have much more additional training and I'm both a lifestyle medicine and weight management specialist, I would never just look at somebody and say, Go lose five pounds without giving them the support and the resources to do so. But in any case, I'm pretty sure I just said that to him. And Howard, being Howard, went ahead and lost five pounds. So it seemed like he's in quite good shape here. But yeah, also. He informed me that he plans to live forever. Um, And I don't like to argue with anyone. So that's what what Howard says. And and I just respect that. (laughs) So he came to me in my new practice thinking, gosh, we've had this great doctor-patient relationship all this time. Does it really have to end? But his main question was, well, what else exactly do I think that I could do for him? And I have to say that I had that question as well, um, because he really was in great shape. Um, But nonetheless, we decided that we would go ahead and work together. So I'm going to go ahead and give you just a little bit of a baseline of where he was on some of the important lifestyle pillars, nutrition, physical activity, and sleep. Nutrition-wise, he was quite content with his diet. I would say it definitely wasn't the standard American diet. It's not like he was loading up on processed dessert foods or or eating fast food, and he kind of thought, hey, I'm doing it. He was already avoiding sugar and had been for the past 60 years due to a history of episodes of hypoglycemia. That's low blood sugar that bothered him in his 20s. He ate all the salt he wanted, but, you know, he felt like he wasn't salt sensitive and that was just the food he was used to. So there's really no reason for that to change. And he included fresh fruits and vegetables in his diet every day which is way more than we can say for most people. For, for many of us, our uh, fruit and vegetable portion comes in the form of french fries and ketchup. I'm not sure that really counts as the most fresh fruit and vegetables. Um, but he also had meat, dairy, and eggs in his diet. Okay, his physical activity, get ready to be amazed. He did weight training three to four times weekly on his upper and lower body. He hiked one to three times weekly, including in the hilly terrain around where we live. He biked one to three times weekly, again, including hills. He swam two to three times weekly, did yoga some weeks. It would be every single day of the week. And here's a fun one. For 90 minutes every week, he would play a pretty vigorous game of ping pong. So this is a man who's moving his body quite a bit. Um, And I'd like to point out that his exercise includes both cardiovascular training, we have the hiking, biking, swimming, and even the ping pong for that. It includes resistance training, like the weight training and um, a a, a little bit even the the ping pong. Uh, It includes flexibility, the yoga has that. Um, And and even swimming can help because we tend to be a little bit more flexible when we're in water. And really good balance training, uh, both with the yoga um, and the biking and and the hiking, especially if you're going to hike on kind of uneven terrain, that helps train your balance. And the ping pong, too, because um, our body loves learning to accommodate sort of like uh, fast movements that take us off balance. So he's kind of got it all there. But let's take a look at his sleeve. He wasn't doing terribly with sleep. It was kind of okay, just maybe not great. He kept a regular routine, which is one of the most important things you can do when optimizing your sleep, but he just wasn't waking up feeling refreshed. Plus there were some medical issues. He wasn't overweight, but he also wasn't totally happy with his weight. Uh, he did have atherosclerosis, that's clogging of the arteries with plaque. He didn't have symptoms, so he wasn't having chest pain and he didn't have a heart attack, but we were able to pick up that atherosclerosis incidentally on other tests. Nobody wants to know that they have that. He has low grade prostate cancer that's being monitored and he's very, very much hoping that it doesn't progress to the point where he needs treatment with all of its attendant side effects and complications. Um, He also had GERD, esophageal reflex, which manifests as, as heartburn, which can be quite painful and often requires medication. And just low energy, kind of like the Blas, just maybe not doing his best best, despite the good shape that he was in. He made a whole bunch of changes. Here are some of them. He quit eating cheese and oil entirely. In fact, he actually quit eating all dairy. I just put cheese up there because that's uh, often the hardest thing that that's that, that, that people need to give up. Often they'll say, oh, I don't care. I don't really need the milk, but, but don't take away my cheese. The other thing that's so difficult for people is is cream or half and half like we put in our coffee. But he gave all that up. He cut way, way back on his salt. He avoids almost all animal flesh. There's still some sardines, smaller fish in his diet, and he includes a little bit of salmon. He eats way more black beans, lentils, vegetables of all types, fruits and whole grains. And he especially loves quinoa. Um, Just as an example, sometimes he'll make a salad and it might have 20 plant ingredients in it, which is just a testament to the kind of quantity and variety that he's pursuing now. So let's see what results we have. I put a picture here of uh, the in-body machine that I like to use in my practice because some of the results I show you are going to be taken from data from that machine. It looks like a scale and you do just go ahead and stand on it for about a minute to get a really um, complex and informative, meaningful readout of your body composition. It uses something called bioimpedance analysis or just very, very gentle electrical signals that you don't feel at all. Um, uh, but what you get then is uh, quantitative analysis of how much fat and muscle and water you have as a whole and in each of your body compartments, your, each arm, each leg, and your trunk. And that's where I get the visceral fat measurements from as well. So here are some of the results we see from that machine. So his weight started up around 156, which, which really did not put him in the overweight category. That was fine. And for an older person, we're not necessarily looking for them to be skinny, skinny, skinny. Um, He went down to about 148 and then went back up again to about 151, which is um, totally acceptable for him. Um, However, looking at this chart makes me think that, oh no, it just looks like he's gonna be someone who lost weight and then is gonna regain it as is incredibly common with weight loss. So let's see what we see next. We see that at that very same time that he started to regain a little bit of the weight, his muscle mass really took off um, and went up from about 65 and a half pounds to almost 69 pounds of muscle mass, which is tremendous. Uh, You may have heard of something called sarcopenia. That is muscle wasting. That's very common in older age. And sorry to say that the kind of older age I'm referring to starts in the 40s but essentially if we don't do anything, we're all going to be losing muscle year by year and decade by decade. And if we just do kind of like minimal exercise, do what we've always been doing, well at best hold steady and we may even still lose muscle. So it really does take attention to being active and working those muscles to build muscle. And so here he was at 83 years old, building substantial muscle. His percent body fat went down to from just over 22 to 17. Normal percent body fat for a man is between 10 and 20 percent. So he ended up squarely in the normal range. All really, really beautiful changes. But that's not all. There's more than that because those are just numbers, right? He's astounded to be his college weight while building muscle and changing, you know, and giving up all of the uh, animal proteins that he was eating. He reports having no aches or pains whatsoever, which is just remarkable. He is sleeping better and now he's feeling well rested. It's nice to wake up feeling well rested. He feels like he's in the best physical shape he's ever been in. And when he says that he doesn't say for somebody in their 80s, he just says, I'm in the best physical shape that I've ever been in. He loves the way he eats, right? Nobody wants to have these good results if they hate how they're living their life, but he loves it because of the many benefits he experiences and the many more benefits that he anticipates in the future. And now he's no longer 83, he's 84. He sort of acknowledges that he's getting older, but he insists that he feels younger. And once again, who am I to argue with Howard? So I take him at his word. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to go ahead and unshare my screen and see if AJ and I want to
0: chat a little bit. Okay. Well, thank you. And, you know, the only thing I would say, I don't know if this is possible because there's confidentiality, but I would have loved to have seen photos of the people if they would have allowed Uh
1: it. I will reach out and see about getting permission for that for future presentations.
0: Well, you know what they say, a picture is worth a thousand words. A so picture is worth a
1: thousand words, yes. I'm sorry, I, th- I thought I thought they said a graph is worth a thousand words. A graph is worth a thousand a words. About that. That yeah, so yeah, funny. my bad. Well,
0: you said something in your presentation, I didn't want to interrupt you, but it's interesting because the audience was saying the same thing, which isn't something we hear a lot in the whole food plant-based world. But again, uh-huh. you, an obesity specialist, you talked about the patient that also, in addition to making the lifestyle changes took weight loss drugs. So maybe you yes. can talk a little bit about that. Cause I know it's a little bit controversial because some of the plant doctors are like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh."
1: <clears throat> it is you're right. It is. It's controversial for many, many reasons. I, I'm going to say that I feel that one of the reasons why it's controversial has to do with weight stigma. We know for absolutely sure that, that being overweight, even though a, an individual person can be overweight, even have technically qualify as obese and still be healthy. We also know that as a general rule, that as we get to higher body mass indexes, that people are at bravely higher risk of diabetes, heart disease, even cancer, even, even things like cancer that we don't think of as directly weight related are. Um, and so knowing that, um, and knowing that even though we always advocate whole food, plant-based nutrition and exercise and all the incredible attention to the lifestyle pillars, we still would never let anybody go with their high blood pressure untreated, their high cholesterol untreated, their diabetes untreated, um, if they weren't able to maybe fully make the change and fully see reversal of this risk factor. So I'm not sure why with weight, we have to say, sorry, You have to do it all by yourself. So I do feel like I always come at this from a lifestyle perspective first. I don't do any weight loss medication prescriptions without um, in-depth conversations, education and support about lifestyle, but people can engage at whatever level they feel comfortable with and they absolutely can have the support that they deserve when it's needed and medically appropriate.
0: Thank you. And may I ask which ones you normally use and how uh, and, and for how long? Because, you know, there's a whole controversy with Ozempic right now.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> OK, so, yes, there's there, there's a lot to that question. Um, and gosh, the whole scope of weight loss uh, medication it, is a big topic. I guess I'll, I'll sort of briefly sum up all the medications that we had before the GLP ones and the medications that, that we have now. The ones that we had beforehand, we had maybe four or five or six, yeah, about about six, and they were sold either individually or in combination, and they worked kind of okay, and they have a, a lot of side effects. Um, they're often not covered by insurance. That, that hasn't changed. Um, since medications called the GLP-1 receptor agonists came out, initially for diabetes uh, quite some time ago. so we actually have we actually have a lot of experience using them for that. Then they were found to uh, also be so effective for weight loss. Um, so they started being used for weight loss and then uh, after that, the studies followed that actually justified their use and their FDA approval. Um, they're much more effective than older medications. Um, I will say that they're only effective while you take them, which is one of the reasons why I never prescribe medication without advocating for very significant uh, lifestyle changes, because you, you do have to stay on the medication or make the changes that will help keep you normal weight if you want to keep it off and have all the other magic that goes with lifestyle changes. Um, so You mentioned Ozempic. Ozempic is the brand name of generic semaglutide that is used and approved for diabetes. That very same medication is sold under brand name Wegovi by the same pharmaceutical manufacturer. Um, And either way, it is the same medication. They are dosed a little bit differently, whether they're prescribed for diabetes or weight management. And I would say that... um, it's just very, very important for people who are prescribing these medications to do it properly with proper um, evaluation of patients who may want to be on it, proper explanation of potential side effects and risks, proper goal setting and expectation setting as far as how much weight can be lost and if it will be kept off, but, but um, there is appropriate use of them. There is also, you're welcome. And, and Chef AJ just, this was just within the past week, another medication was approved for weight loss. Um, The generic is called Terzepatide. It's sold as brand name Mounjaro for diabetes. And that's been out not that long, but about a year and a half. Um, And just now it's uh, approved under brand name Zepbound for weight management and very similar to the GLP-1 semaglutide, this one affects the hormone called GLP-1, but it also affects another hormone called GIP. The medication is very effective for both diabetes and weight loss. I think you will see it being used. should always be used adjunctively to lifestyle medicine, especially nutrition, which is your biggest driver of weight.
0: You know, it's interesting what you said about why there's almost like there's a stigma with some lifestyle medicine doctors about using these drugs. And it's interesting because you're an obesity medicine specialist and a lifestyle medicine doctor. Um, so, you know, that's an interesting perspective when, when you think about it. The thing is, is I'm just wondering is would they ever consider just trying it first? And then you say, hey, let's just do this for a month. And if you're yeah. still struggling, let's then give yeah. you the drugs, you know,
1: that is absolutely a tack that I take. Yes. I have no attachment to anyone being on medication. And that's why um, I feel very good about what I do. I feel like when you step into my office, even if you come here and you say, I'm here for weight management, I'm here because I want you to help me lose weight, you do not have to walk out with a prescription. Nice. Um, and in fact, if you express any interest in not doing so, then I'm very, very happy to indulge that interest. And that said. We can keep the door open, just like if you had breast cancer, I wouldn't tell you, well, sorry, because that's largely, you know, uh, we can prevent maybe 85% of breast cancers with lifestyle. Therefore, I'm not going to, you can't have a lumpectomy because you you shouldn't have done that to yourself. Same thing with you. If, if you have colon polyps, we don't tell people, yeah, well, that's, that, that's too bad. That's sort of your problem. You shouldn't have developed co- colon polyps. Follow-ups.
0: <laughs> but I'm curious though, if people, if do these drugs work even without lifestyle? Like because for example, gastric bypass surgery, my yeah. understanding, and I've interviewed people that were, you know, experts in this, that without any changes, it the weight will come back, you know, if they make oh for change. sure. So will these weight loss drugs, they're not really a panacea if no changes are made. Is that correct?
1: Oh, that's a hundred percent correct. That is very well established. Take the medicine lose weight, go off the medicine, regain the weight, usually you regain to a higher point than where you started from before you lost the weight. So that is very, very true. And again, that's part of why I like to spend a good amount of time before writing a prescription, rather than I know that there are ways that people can just go to, sort of like, do a few clicks online and get a medication mailed to them, but they may not understand the full consequences um, and the proper use of yeah. Uh, and, and
0: I'm not, I'm not judging people to take them. I was oh. on a once. in my thirties. I was okay. on a, and boy, that was a great drug, you know, <laughs> you, you don't have to hardly eat anything. You feel, not, yeah. I'm, I'm joking when I say it was a great yeah, drug, yeah. But, but yeah. So uh, there is a question from a live viewer named Jessie, and she said, and she actually lives near you, you guys should uh, connect. She said, I'm curious, if, are more people coming to see you now that obesity and other standard American diet related diseases are considered to be a comorbidity of COVID?
1: Um Yes, I would say so. And I do think that I may know Jessie. And so let me give Jessie a very personal hi. Um, And thanks for writing in with your question. Um, Yes, I think that this is something that was not said enough during the pandemic. Um, You know, we focused on vaccines, which I think were incredibly uh, important, and I absolutely have mine. And we focused on therapeutics, also have saved many lives, and that's great. What we didn't really focus on is how do we help people reduce the comorbidities that um, caused their COVID infections to go from, you know, a, a really uncomfortable illness to one that could require hospitalization or may may even result in death or other permanent damage? Um, so I think that I think that that's a very important reason to to address weight at this time.
0: Great. You know, when you changed your diet, was it difficult for you at all? Did you have any challenges? Oh, good question. Okay. I absolutely had challenges.
1: I also had a lot going for me. Um, And one thing that I had going for me um, has a name and that, that name is Jim. That's my husband. Uh, he's a fabulous cook. And like I said, after one conversation that wasn't even really professionally presented to him, like the one that I had just heard, he uh, agreed to go ahead and and go all in with me. So we both enjoy cooking. We had just been cooking, you know, the fish and chicken and meat and eggs and and cheese and all that. So it is a bit of an easier transition if you're comfortable in the kitchen. We had that going for us. But that said, even though we kind of made our transition overnight, it was a much longer learning process to really get it right. And And the longer story about my prediabetes is that it did not go away in the first year. I really had a look at what I was doing because I made major change to replace every animal product with a plant product is quite major. But in fact, I was still having nacho chips for snack time every day, Um, not with cheese, but, you know, just like fried in oil, corn chips. And it took me a long time to really come to the realization that tortilla chips are not a whole plant food. It's not a,
0: <laughs> but they're so, grains. they're so
1: good. You know, like, please, you know, <laughs> please, please, can't they be a whole plant food? Now I really want to eat legumes, whole grains, vegetables, fruits, and I will eat a small amount of nuts and seeds. I I, I think that that's not what you do necessarily. Um, but it took, it, it took quite a long time to get the processed food out of my diet um and and yes there are still struggles related to that but we just keep growing every every year and making it better
0: well tell tell us what you eat in a day basically
1: okay um so let's see okay of course my 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 diet does vary from day to day but let's just pick one random day i love to start off with a, a cereal like an oatmeal, or I'm really into making amaranth now, um, or or we'll, or we'll have muesli, and I'll make a big dry batch of oatmeal that includes not just the rolled oats or steel-cut oats, but I'll put chia seeds and flaxseed meal, hemp seeds in there. Um, sometimes I'll even turn it into overnight oatmeal, so I just take a scoop of it, put it in a mason jar, cover it with water, and leave it in the fridge, and then in the morning it's all ready for me to microwave then I might add something crunchy and fun like nuts or nut butter. Um, and I, I love, love putting berries um, in there. If I don't have berries, I'll use a small amount of dry fruit or some other fruit that I have around. So any combination of, um, uh, of, of whole grains is good for me, but sometimes we sort of go in the sort of vegetable savory direction. And then I might, I might put vegetables in my whole grains, um, even uh, arugula, I'll eat that at, at any meal and that's another favorite. So that might be breakfast. Lunch is often leftovers from dinner, um, but one example of something I might make fresh for, for lunch is uh, a hummus wrap. So I'll have say a whole wheat tortilla and I'll spread some hummus on it and then I'll put at least five or six different kinds of vegetables. Um, leafy greens, uh, radishes, carrots, red bell peppers, Uh, maybe I'll put some avocado or tofu on there and roll it all up and and we'll eat a couple of those. So that's lunch. And then for dinner, basically we build our dinners around, there's always got to be grains, greens, and beans. And so that might be a bowl, uh, which my grain could be brown rice, quinoa, farro, could be teff. Um, or it could even be a starchy vegetable, like a sweet potato or a squash. The vegetable part, we really go all out on. So there will often be just five or six different vegetables in my dinner. They might be roasted, they might be as a salad, um, any form that that I want them in. Um, and then some sort of bean or more proteiny y kind of component. Um, and And that kind of building blocks can be made to make like make your own taco night, or we can make sushi bowls, or we might turn it into a soup that has kale and bulgur and cannellini beans in it. Or we might mush it all up together and turn it into say, kidney bean burgers that include leftover quinoa and fresh chopped herbs. Those are some examples with uh, fruit for dessert after dinner and an apple every day after lunch berries in the morning so I, I get plenty of treats in there
0: nice do you have all any of my favorite appliances such as the, <gasps> pot, the air fryer
1: yes yes <laughs> and the Vitamix
0: Vitamix nice uh,
1: yes 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 we were we were slow yeah talk about transition we were slow to get comfortable with adding appliances to our already busy kitchen counters because you know we also like throw our mail there. And um, I don't know, have the speaker for our, so we can listen to music in the kitchen and, and all that. But over time, we did get ourselves an Instapot and uh, a Vitamix and uh, an air fryer. Some of them were gifts from my children, which I ever so greatly appreciate. And we use them all the time.
0: Nice. I'm going to ask you about what you do for exercise because I know you have a story about something on a bicycle. So I'm wondering. Oh, that you're, right, you're right. You're right. I do.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, way back when, Shortly after I had just met my husband in 1993, well, I didn't know who was going to be my husband then. We were only together for a few weeks, but I was leaving on a bike trip that I had already planned. Um, We lived in New York at the time, so I was going to fly out to California and ride my bike back. And then I met this wonderful man and I thought, oh my goodness, what am I gonna do saying goodbye to him? Um, because after I after I got back on my bike, I was gonna move to New York City and start uh, my post-baccalaureate uh, pre-medical studies. Um, and so I basically had a choice of saying goodbye to him or inviting him to come with me. And I was very, very nervous about him the day we, about it, the day that we went out to lunch. And um, I asked him like, I know that this is a new relationship and this is crazy and a huge commitment, but is there any way that you want to like quit your job and fly across the country and ride back home on a bike with me? And he said, oh my God, I didn't want to ask you. Cause I thought you would think that I was crazy and weird. But yes, I really, really want to do that. Um, And that's exactly what he did. So we left on our bike trip less than two months uh, after we had started dating. But then uh, that was such an amazing experience. We definitely knew on that trip that we were going to spend our lives together. And we have not been apart since for the subsequent 30 years. We have lived our lives with lots of outdoor adventures since then.
0: (laughs) That's yeah. great. If yeah. people want to get in touch with you, I, I have all the links in the show notes, where you have a social media presence. You, It sounds like you're, you can only treat people in two states right now. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah.
1: So I, yes, I'm licensed at this time in California and Connecticut. I do do both in-person care in my office, which is in Santa Cruz, California on the central coast, but I will see anybody in either of those two states by telehealth. I do offer for uh, people who are interested in meeting me and who live in those states, um, an introductory consultation that they can go ahead and schedule for themselves at my website. All they need to do is go to coastalvitalitymd.com and uh, they can sign up for a consultation anytime my schedule's open. They can also check out more success stories. I have a whole list of, uh, of them that I've taken from my years of practice so they can learn more about them there. Nice. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Chef AJ. It was a great, great pleasure for me. So I, I hope, hope to see an opportunity. I, was, I, I hope, hope so too.
0: I hope to see you at the next Plant Conference before oh. it's in September. I think it's September twelfth or something like that. I think know. so. And
1: they're uh, they're moving it from Desert Springs, I think, to uh, to somewhere else. But wherever it is, I'll be yeah, there. Yeah,
0: it's so. going to be in near Disneyland, so people can take their families. Okay. I believe it's Santa Ana.
1: Okay, fun. I will see you there.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Atkins.
1: Take care. Bye-bye.
0: You too. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back at 9 a.m. Pacific time tomorrow for The Doctor Is In Q&A with Dr. Ron Weiss. Take care, everyone.